Carrie, welcome back. Thank you so much for staying on for this uh, bonus conversation. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Me too. Yeah. So, so like I told you before, um, you know, our, our main episodes of, of Making Better, we, we talk about how do learning teams have more impact in their organizations. It's all about making our organizations better. Um, but I always like to pause and think a little bit about how we make ourselves better, right? Um, and so I'd love it if you could, um, you know, talk about when you think back, if you look at your past career, what are some of the the biggest challenges that you've had to get to this point in your career? And how have you had to change to overcome those challenges? Mm. So there's a couple of main things. I mean, one, I sort of stumbled into this career, which I think a lot of us do, is that we for find sure. we, we have an aptitude for teaching, we have an aptitude for training, and we just kind of start doing it naturally. And so when I was working in healthcare, that's what I just did. I just, I made training modules. I trained people on different processes. I trained people on government, you know, Medicare policies, like all that kind of stuff. I just did it. And so I kind of stumbled into it. Um, and so it was, but it was a, a shift to think of myself as someone who only did those kinds of things. Um, because I think when you, you fully embrace this industry, you kind of have to let go of being an expert in any one thing and you have to just embrace like I'm going to need to go talk to a lot of people and, and no one, no one's going to be coming to me for expertise. I'm going to yeah. have to go and, and sort of gather it and also then prove that I know how to train things. Um, so I think that was a really challenging shift for me to, to not be the knower of things to more yes. be a doer. And I think um, it also was really hard to shift to a, a real service mindset of, you know, we are in service of the company, we are in service of what the company needs. And in some ways that means you have less sway, right? Like you just need to do what the company needs. If the company shifts direction, you switch direction. So you have to be extremely flexible in that sense. And and you can't, you know, sometimes I would just like fall in love with some courses that I made, or I'd like be like, oh, this is like the best thing ever, right? And you're just like, chef's kiss, everyone's gonna love it. And it, it just, nobody cares. Right? Nobody cares. <laughs> you push it out and like, nobody, nobody cares at all. So you have to really let go of a lot of ego um, to really embrace these learning development roles. But I think, so I think those are the biggest shifts for me is like shifting career, shifting fully into L&D and, and figuring out like, okay, it's just a different way of looking at the world um, and, and proving, you know, and, and you kind of have to prove your worth all the time to the company of like, we. We, we can make things better. We can make training that works. Um, I think most people don't actually understand what training is and the value of it. And, and they just say the word. And so getting that point across is, is kind of an endless grind. Yeah. What I heard from that one common thread, I think, between a lot of those challenges that you mentioned of, you know, being, being not, not being the expert and being in service. So it feels like a lot of that is around ego. Right. Does that, does that sound right? Um, and then, yeah. And I think the, the double challenge is then the other thing that you mentioned is a lot of times the company doesn't know what we do. And so we can have like these ego, we have these ego problems and we have a company that doesn't know what we do. And so I feel like often our answer is I'm going to go prove myself. And we're, we're mm -hmm. in almost from like a, a defensive place. Um, has, have you had to shift it all from, that place of defense, I know you mentioned, you know, proving your worth to almost, I won't say acceptance, but like a belief that the company values you a bit in order to like 
not feel so like you have to defend your ego or or any way or does that make any sense at all it does make sense but i think it kind of gets it a little bit differently like i think i overcompensated and was like i am only in service of like i only i only can do things that people ask me or if people ask me to do something i must do it to prove that i am worthwhile to you yes and i think there's sort of a double whammy because I'm a woman and and most of us in the industry are women. And I think we already have in corporate settings, or I don't know if everybody is, but I sometimes felt like the only way I could prove worth was by doing things for people. And as I've grown in this role and at this company, I think one challenge, something that still really challenges me is pushing back and saying no, and saying like, I am not going to do that for you. Like, this is not a priority. This is not valuable or what you're asking for is not training or it's not, yeah. you know, it's, not, it's not actually what you need. And I yeah. think that is a really hard struggle for me to be like, I am choosing to not make your life easier right now. I am choosing to not take on this burden because it is not something that my department handles. It is not something worthwhile to the company or it's not something that like, you know, we should be talking about right now. And, and yes. so often I'll have a conversation with someone and I'll fall back into old, old habits and be like, oh yeah, we can, to- we can do that totally. Like hand it to me, I'll take care of it. It's all good. And then I'll get off the call and I'll be like, well, no, <laughs> I'm that was a it. mistake. <laughs> like, why did I say yes? That was so stupid. Why didn't I just say no, dude, like, come on, wake up. So that's, that's been a real, real struggle. Yeah, that's, I think that's a struggle for everybody in L&D for sure. That's a, con- a constant one. Um, is, is there anything in particular you have done to try to move down that spectrum? It sounds like, you know, it's, it's always, you're always trying to get better. Um, yeah. is, is there anything in particular that you've done or is it just kind of an awareness that, that you need to, to move farther down that road? I think it's being in the director role and having a higher level perspective and also being responsible. My, you know, a really big shift for me when I'm like manager role, I feel like you're still kind of like, Hey, like I'm solving problems. I'm doing things for people. You know, I, I'm, I'm making my team's life easier. I'm making everybody's life easier. You're kind of just like moving and shaking. When you get into the director role, one thing that was like really wonderful about it was realizing that my responsibilities stopped being to my team necessarily and started being to the department as a whole. So it wasn't that I was, I wasn't beholden to one person to be like you, I'm going to make everything good for you. It was that my department had to be successful. My department had to support the business. What was necessary for that. And I think that shift in mindset and a lot of support and coaching from my manager has helped me be more strategic about like what I'll say yes to and what, what I'll say, you know, I, I, I did in a, in a meeting just, like I think on Monday I was a manager brought up a training that I had not built for him and that I had said I had told him we didn't have the bandwidth you know we're not gonna do that right now he brought it up again and I was like yep have enough time for that you know wait that's it you know I just kind of dropped it like I didn't make a ton of excuses or be like we'll get to that right away mm-hmm. I was like yeah I know we haven't built that's it, it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's so great and, and yeah and what you were just saying that reminds me of the book um, five dysfunctions of a team. Mm-hmm. If, if for that really great book, highly recommend it for anybody. Um, but one of the things that's an interesting concept from there, it's talking about an executive team, but it definitely applies to lower level teams is when you're a leader of a team, exactly as you just said, 
you become less of a part of the team that you manage and more a part of the team of peer managers that like are there, you know, so whether that's the other directors in the people function or, you know, things like that. And that that's the team that's trying to make the whole people function successful versus, you know, that's your ultimate priority. You got to take care of your people, but like you also have this dual priority to the, the other team that you are a part of that I think's a really interesting concept. Um, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with all of those challenges that you mentioned. Anything in particular right now? Like what are some of the bigger challenges that you're trying to move past now? And what do you think you need to do to change in order to get past them? Yeah, it's, I think... So I think some of it is being at a company for four years and mm. you, it's hard to get re, re-energized sometimes, you know, you mm. fall into habits and you fall into ruts and you work with the same people for so long. It can kind of be hard to recognize when you're not doing well, I guess, like not performance wise, mm. but just when you're like, when your mind's not there, when you're not, you're mm-hmm. not thriving, you're sort of, you're sort of doing your job, you're going along, but you're not, I think there's been times when I've just felt really tapped out creatively to be, mm blunt but i just like it feels like it's same problem different day i don't know the answer i didn't know the answer two years ago you know like like what more it just sometimes i just feel like yeah drains like that like what more can i do and and you know you know i've become a parent recently I'm, i've got an eight-month-old son and and i think the that i've changed a lot you know i'm tired <laughs> for yeah. and like it's just hard to it's hard to continue to tap into that well of creativity, especially in a role like ours is of where everything you do has to be creative. There's no option to not be creative. Like there's no, there's not really like busy work in L and D. It's like, you're either like making content yeah. or figuring out what content to make or learning new things or like figuring out what new programs you should launch or figuring out if the programs you launched already are working, you know, like, like you're constantly, constantly, constantly creating. And it's, it's just really dry. I don't know, just a little bit yeah. drained. And I'm, I'm trying to find new wellsprings of creativity and and figure out like how I can continue to be inspired to solve these problems. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a big challenge, you know, especially right now, if if you think back of the last decade, and this is true in tech and non-tech, it was always growth, growth, growth. You know, we're just, we're just growing, we're hiring, we're solving new problems, we're expanding the business or whatever. And that's true of a lot of companies. And I think in times that we, you know, we're, we're certainly in lean times now, and it's yet to be determined how lean it gets as we move forward in the business world. But it can vary when you take away that like constant change and constant growth and realize that there are times where like staying the same is winning or like stay, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, um, and that can be a challenge. Like that can be that that can be tough. Do you do you have any ideas of what you're gonna where you're gonna try to draw that inspiration from yet, or or what are you currently using to draw inspiration from? For me, it comes from books a lot of the time, and I nice. think part of why I've gotten out of the, out of it is having a baby and having less time to read. But I often like before, and what I'm trying to get back into is just constantly reading new stuff. Like I just read. Um, this book called, called Good Power by Jeannie Rometty, who was the first female IBM of, or CEO of IBM. And I found like a wealth of things in there that I that I was like, oh yes. Like, because I think for me too, it's about like find, 
again, like with this L and D stuff, sometimes you can just feel so isolated and you're like, I'm the only person thinking about these problems. I'm the only person doing this. And, and reading yeah. her book and it was like, Oh, there's a whole world out there of people who are working on these same problems. Like she yeah. talks a ton about apprenticeships and, and training and getting people into careers. And it was like, Oh, right. Like I'm not, I'm not the only person doing this. Like there's a whole tradition of this and there's all these people out there trying to solve these problems. And so yeah. it made me feel more connected and that was really great. And, and I've also gotten some really good advice recently to, try to expand my network a bunch. So just like troll LinkedIn for people that I, in the industry who I think would be cool and, you know, just try to reach out and talk to them. Um, which yeah. and I think I've just gotten in a rut and I've gotten out of the habit of it between like COVID and baby and all this stuff. It's just, you kind of forget like, oh, right. I need to keep like, like I can't, I can't be more creative in isolation. Like I need yes. people. And if I, if, you know, my team is the size it is, they're wonderful, but like, I need, people outside of that. I need people in other industries. Like I, I yeah, it's just, it's not going to work if I just keep like hammering away at it by myself. It's, it's so true. Often when we get in those states, you think the answer is to like go more inward and, and, yes. and it's just not, it's just not. Yeah. It's yeah. the number one reason I it's, it's my main selling point for conferences, you mm -hmm. know, especially like you said, we're often the, you know, we feel kind of alone or isolated inside our companies and to go to a learning conference where it's just like, you're surrounded by a couple hundred or a couple thousand people who do the same thing. It's just like fills you with energy, which is great. Um, awesome. Well, Thank you so much for sticking on for a little bit longer. Um, yeah, have have a great rest of your day, Carrie. This is, this is, it was really great talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is yeah. a ton of fun. Anytime. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you liked the discussion, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. As a reminder, if your team is struggling keeping up with the training development demands of your organization, we want to help. Better Everyday Studios is a full-service instructional design team that can help you with everything from ideation to actual content creation and delivery. Please reach out to us using the link in the episode notes below. Have a great day.